example of perseverance. Sometimes you will be that example. And people will be able to look at your life and say, I can see that they are pursuing Christ. And sometimes you will need to look for the example as you walk through the difficult times. We can be good ambassadors by encouraging the people of the kingdom and also by reaching the people of the kingdom. The next statement we want to look at here is in verse 47. It says, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you the Gentiles, that you should be for the salvation to the ends of the earth. We need to preach the message of God. Let the light shine. Let the light shine. Paul quotes here in, in verse 47, he's quoting from Isaiah, about the role that Israel had in the world. They would be light to the Gentiles. Now, he is taking that and he is applying that not to Israel here, but to himself, saying we are called to be a light to the Gentiles. This is what we are called as the people of God. Jesus, chapter 5, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Ambassadors speak boldly for their king. They speak loudly about their country. And about their king. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul speaks to us about being ambassadors of Christ. And he says in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We plead with people. We implore people to be reconciled to God. That is, like Paul and Barnabas here, it says they were uh, emboldened by what they, they saw there to speak the gospel. We speak boldly and we speak loudly about our king and about his kingdom, about the salvation that he offers. He says here in verse 47, says, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you, that your life should be for salvation. That's what we live for. Our lives are to be for salvation. It's what we live for. It's what we speak for. It's what we pursue. We live in a manner which adorns the gospel, which shows the gospel to be true and pure and right. We're not just here to represent the king. We are here to actively recruit citizens of the kingdom. Say, we are speaking for our king, and our king is looking for more citizens in his kingdom. Proclaiming the truth of verse 38 of our text, Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Preaching the gospel that Jesus died and rose again for our sins. He says that, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The light of our lives is to shine into every corner of the world. To every dark place. We let the light of God shine through us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For it is God 
who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. God has shone his light into our life so that the light that he's put into our life will shine out into the darkness. It shines through us across our street, over our fence. It shines through us to the ends of the world. Good ambassadors will engage the place where they live. Then we advance beyond the borders. So we preach the message of God. And we rejoice in the power of God. Verse 48 is a phenomenal glorified the word of the Lord and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed people will get saved when we let the light shine when the gospel which has come into our life shines from our life into the world people will get saved people will find belief in Jesus Christ the last phrase of this verse is is just incredible and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed that statement was true when paul said it that statement is true when it was written by luke and that statement is true today nothing's changed as many as believe will be saved as many as have been appointed will believe. The world seems like a crazy place now. And the media does a very good effort to make us feel very opposed places. We need to be either a for or against things. And part of what has come up is, is many Christians believe that the world as a whole is against Christianity. That everything we, we do and everything we speak to, is, it's the exact opposite of everything anybody wants to hear or believe. And don't get me wrong, there are certainly those attitudes in the world. But when we start to look at the world like that, when we start to believe that the whole world is against us, we miss the fact that there are people right next to me that I have genuine conversations with. There are people right next to me that I speak to in, in good and great ways, that I have friendships with, that I have relationships with, that don't look at me as a Christian and hate me. That actually have some sort of interest in how that shapes me and what I believe and what it does. Not everyone in this world is looking at us as the enemy. And even right now, there are people who may be looking at us as the enemy who one day will be our friends. There are people out there right now who will find a home in heaven. They're just not there yet. How do I know? How do I know that there are more people around us, that there are more people in this world that still need to believe Jesus Christ? 
How do I know that if we share the gospel with people and we pursue to share the gospel with people that people will get saved? Because Jesus hasn't come back yet. Jesus isn't back yet, which means all of his people are not gathered. When the time comes, when all the people that God has chosen to be his are gathered, that's when the end will come, which is why he says there that you should be for salvation to the end of the earth. When is the end? When everybody is gathered to God's people. We go out and we tell the gospel because God has people waiting. People waiting to hear. And God will reach his people. Make no mistake about that. God will reach his people. This verse is one of the greatest promises of scripture. It is also one of the most clear statements in all of scripture about the sovereignty of God in salvation. Not the only one, but one of the clearest. Everyone that has been enrolled in life, everyone whose name is written in the book of life, everyone who has been appointed, everyone who has been chosen will believe, will be saved. This is the wonderful thing about the work of Jesus. Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could have the potential to be saved. Jesus died on the cross so that the people of God could actually be saved. Not potentially, actually. His death actually paid for sin. The gospel isn't just about providing an opportunity to be saved, but it is the reality that people will be saved. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul says to Timothy something very similar. He says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We are the called. We are the ones for which Christ has fully paid the debt Chosen not by our works, not by our goodness, but wholly by God's grace before time began. Jesus says he knows all that are his. And he intends to find everyone. You know, we've been talking this week through news and media and all sorts of things as we've watched the exit out of Afghanistan. And some of the things I've noticed as I've listened to, uh, to, to commentators and military people and, and all about what's going on is an old military phrase, which uh, goes something like this, no man left behind. This, you're military, you go in, if somebody died, you, everybody comes out. When it comes to God, he will leave no one behind. He is not going to leave come to this earth and take his people out and leave some who were too slow. He is not leaving anyone behind. I've said this before as we've looked at Romans chapter 8 and verse 30. Romans chapter 8 and verse 30 goes through the process of salvation. I'll read it in just a moment. But you'll notice that when God writes about that, he writes about it all in the present tense. That is, as God sees the, the salvation that we have from beginning to end, he sees it not as a progress of life, but he sees it all as done. 
Romans 8 verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Right? So those who he predestined, he glorified. So when he chose in the beginning, he glorifies at the end. Every single one. Every person that believes. So verse 49 tells us, And when the word of the Lord was being spread, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region, take part in the work of God. The gospel changes our perspective. These people's lives were changed. The way of their life was changed. They became missionaries for a new kingdom, for a new king. They were ambassadors of this new kingdom. You're the natural result of salvation in our life is evangelism. It's a natural result. These people saw the need, they saw the urgency, and they saw the importance because the gospel is our mission. It is our supreme goal. We are not meant to change society. Christians are not called to be a political force. It doesn't mean we can't be politically involved, but we are, we are not called to be a political force. We are not called to enact a morality on this world, which is an immoral world. That is not our calling. Our calling and our duty is to preach the gospel and to live the gospel and let lives be changed by God. That is our great calling. Jesus tells us in Matthew 20, in Matthew 28, he gives us the great commission there in verse 19 and verse 20. And it ends with, and though I will be with you even to the end of the age. Jesus will be with us to the end of the age. Why will he be with us to the end of this age? Because our mission lasts until then. Our mission to proclaim the gospel, to preach the gospel, to live the gospel continues until the moment Christ returns. That is when the mission is done. He's not done now. And he won't leave us until he is. Thirdly, we can be good ambassadors by encouraging the people of the kingdom. We can be good ambassadors by reaching the people of the kingdom. And finally, we are good ambassadors by experiencing the power of the kingdom. Our text finishes in verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. By experiencing the power of the kingdom, by being filled with joy. The joy of forgiveness. The joy that our sins are taken care of. These people were free now. It's interesting to compare what happens with those that believe, these Gentiles that believe, who says are filled with joy in the Holy Ghost and who spread the news of their message around. And you compare that to the Jews who are not only bound in the law, but are clearly bound in anger. They are slaves to their anger, while these Gentiles have been freed in the joy of of forgiveness it's true as the old uh, scripture song says or bible song says burdens are lifted at calvary the joy of life 
They were trapped by their sin, the Jews, and the others are free. We know the power of the kingdom as we're filled with joy and as we're filled with the Holy Ghost. They were given the Holy Spirit of God. With belief in Jesus comes his very presence, the very presence of God, the longing in our soul that we search to to fill with so many other things and so many other places and and so many other experiences that that longing in our soul gets filled to complete satisfaction by God himself when we believe him as savior but notice it doesn't just say that they were given the spirit but that they were filled with the spirit they weren't just indwelled by the spirit but filled that is they gave their life to god to pursue god they lived to seek his will to do what was right to pursue the will of god is our greatest duty and our great reward god is working in this world today just like he did here in antioch He is still calling people to himself. And as the spirit works within, he uses us to proclaim that gospel to reach his people. We are ambassadors for Christ. As ambassadors, let's encourage each other in the mission to persevere. We are strangers in this land. Our hopes are different. Our desires are different. Our lives are different. So let's urge each other to continue in the faith. Especially when it gets discouraging. Let's preach the message of the kingdom to reach the people of the kingdom. God is calling his people. He is calling them out of this world. Everyone absolutely everyone that has had their name written in the book of life will be found will believe you don't know whose names are in that book i don't know whose names are in that book so the call is shared to everyone we preach the gospel to the world so that the people of god can be found So let's live in the power of the kingdom. Rejoice in the joy of your salvation. Surrender to live the will of God in this life. And as ambassadors for Christ, let's implore, let's beg with people to know Jesus as their savior. To let them see the beauty and the glory and the wonder of our great king let's pray our heavenly father we thank you for the great privilege you have given us in this life the blessings you have poured into us are are beyond measure The, the the blessing that you have have called us by your great grace is beyond beyond measure dear god is beyond understanding and for this we we offer our deepest of thanks but also dear god that you have given us in that calling the great privilege of declaring you as king 
of knowing you as the most glorious king with the most magnificent kingdom and let that truth shine through our lives. Let us be bold and vocal ambassadors for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.